Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Offering sound advice for your car, home and travel insurance needs. Hello there and a very happy Christmas morning to you. It's great to be able to share this very special day with you, whatever you're up to, whether it's recycling the wrapping paper, getting the dinner preparation going, or just heading out for a freezing cold swim. And if you're working or you're volunteering today, we salute you and we say Mila Buichus. Over the next hour, we'll have some lovely Christmas songs and poems and conversation to keep you company on this Christmas day. First of all, we're going to open the show with a song. The Reigns are a three-piece band made up of Yvonne Tiernan, Juliana Erkinen and Ruth Dillon. And today they're joined by fellow musicians Sam Wright and Tom Portman. This is Winter Wonderland. All I want for Christmas Sleigh bells ring I listening In the lane Snow is glistening A beautiful sight We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away Is a bluebird Here to stay Wow, Yvonne, Juliana, Ruth, that really gets us right into the Christmas Day mood. Thanks a million for that. Really gorgeous. You're going to stick around for another song and to join our discussion about Christmas traditions. But before then, Yvonne, tell me how the year has gone for you and what lies ahead in 2024. Well, we've had our busiest year yet. We released our album in March and then we went on tour and we said yes to pretty much all the gigs that came in. We were so excited to get out and play the album. So we we did all the usuals, but we also went into places like Bally de Hob and Ennis Diamond. And it was just a fantastic year. And we finished up with our winter show in the McLally Theatre. Uh, which was extraordinary. It's such an extraordinary space. Really, really special. It really is special. And actually, since you mentioned the McLally Theatre there, I think it's a good time for us to listen to a few poems read by the late, great Mick. We came across these in the RT archives. They're from a show called Encore that Brian Murray presented. So here is Mick Lally reading three poems by Inishmore poet Marcin O'Diron. Quivney Nullig, Quir the Wirra, August Quinla Erlasa. Three poems, Aspege, Le Marcino Giron, with um, a Christmas theme, and, uh, and also being that he comes from the Iron Islands, um, an island theme. And here can the Kibni Nolig. Kibni Nomson Nolig, the Filia Rashkuichim. Nervina Tarinj Ganyis, Mulan Velga Cladi, Soskaru was Korachi. Kevlum and Chines and Cullen in the Heave, Hus er Wally Gala is Balu, Kura and Eel. Kevlum the Quinley, Lasty e Winyogi, is Gach Ars and a Lofring Gal, Exaltu and Wohr Gichrist. Inish, a trail er Wohri and Dahirum, Snukivni Ood Gamachra, Barlum Gamor Jihidne, Namedu. Ermachas. Kuru Gwira, 
Oh, the great McLally there with those beautiful poems about Christmas on the islands. Now it's time for another song, I think. And when Derek Ryan and Emma Langford were in studio with us recently, they recorded a great Christmas favourite. This is White Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen to hear Sleigh bells in the snow That was country music star Derek Ryan and folk singer Emma Langford. Now, I have a panel of people in front of me who are here to talk about Christmas traditions. Old ones, more recent ones, traditions that are common across the country and some that are specific to my guests' own families. Chef Paul Flynn from the Tannery in Dungarvan is here. Sinead Culbert, comedian and one half of the Dirt Birds, joins us too. And Professor Salvador Ryan from St. Patrick's Pontifical University in Maynooth has compiled a book called Christmas and the Irish and Miscellany. So who better to guide us through some of those traditions? And the reins are still with us, Ruth, Yvonne and Juliana. Pull in a chair, all of you, join our panel. Actually, Paul, every family has their own way of cooking Christmas dinner. The things that must be on the table. Maybe it's turkey, maybe it's goose, maybe it's all about the gravy. What are the non-negotiables for you? Well, I'm forced to have turkey every Christmas, I have to say, because everybody, I, I never get a say. I'm so far down the pecking order, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Even though I'm the one has to do all the cooking, there's a big vote on what we're going to have, and it's usually everything, like five types of veg, three types of spuds, and the sweating that's involved, for me, I have to say. So I'm going to protest earlier on and just say, I'm going to take it easy later. But you don't like turkey. How can you not like turkey? I, I love know, turkey. I'm, I'm just tired of it. You know, I cook it and I, maybe once a year, just about it. And then I go, turkey, I'm breaking it off with you. I don't want to see it for another year. <laughs> Who uh-huh. likes turkey here? All of you? I'm a trifle girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm a vegetarian, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. and That's me. that. Two vegetarians. Two vegetarians. Two vegetarians. Turkey with a bit of cranberry sauce and stuffing. And I'm happy. 
That's Salvador's name. I'm happy eating anything as long as I don't have to cook it. Yeah, That's, fair. Yeah, my husband mm. is the chef in our house, so I just, I'm the commie chef, so I just drink wine and watch him sweat. <laughs> I want to know how you organise that. Like, I do, well, you know what it is? The, the, good, the good bit of it is that he cooks everything. He's Dutch, you know, he's from Amsterdam. <laughs> so everything is perfect. Everything has to be, and they have to fall into, uh, in line. So I'm running around like a little lackey and that's fine because I'm drinking wine when he's not looking. But um, the downside is that he um, he compliments himself throughout the dinner, which is hard to listen to. You like know what? what I mean? You know when a man makes a dinner? <laughs> he and, tells you about it. Yeah, he sits there and goes, hmm. I've outdone myself, you know, before anyone else, <laughs> before anyone else can say, I'm always thinking, just wait for somebody. And then he asks questions. He goes to the kids, do you like those roast potatoes? Because they, I, I use the duck fat on those roast And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I cook a Sunday dinner every, yeah. every Sunday and nothing. nothing. They inhale it and nobody says a you, word. You need to compliment him more. I think he's fishing <laughs> big time. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't, he, that he doesn't need to. Oh. They're very self-contained. Oh, I see. They don't need the <laughs> approval. It's the Irish, it's me. I spend my time going, did you like it? Did you? Did you love it? He's listening to you now, of course. Oh, yeah. He's driven me here. The marriage will end. <laughs> Salvador, just before I ask you about compiling your miscellany, I love the fact your mother called you Salvador. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I mean, when I went to school first, one of the children in the school went back to their parents and said, there's a new boy in school. His name is Labrador. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I might have gotten away lightly. I mean, when you consider the alternatives. <laughs> Why did she call you Salvador? Uh, it was uh, a, a Spanish friends of my parents. One of them was called Salvador. So uh, they... So it ended up being Salvador. Yeah, you, Without can, the... you keep telling yourself that story. <laughs> <laughs> Something's causing my That's mind, Salvador. <laughs> Me, anyway. A friend um, of the family, um, yes. Um, oh, we're off to a great One start. Off. But look, Salvador, when you were compiling your miscellany, what struck you about the way that Christmas traditions have developed and changed, I suppose, here? Well, I think I think what, one of the things is that I suppose we all have an idea of what Christmas is and the Christmas story and what makes Christmas first. And a lot of the time, a lot of those traditions are relatively recent. I mean, mm. we know that it's often said that it's, you know, Charles Dickens who created the modern Christmas and the, the Victorian Christmas and the Christmas tree and, and so on. So a lot of traditions are relatively recent and even even the foodstuffs that we eat are relatively recent whether it be uh, families who have the traditional turkey for dinner or whether it be even plum pudding uh, and if you go back for instance to the to the folklore to Irish folklore there's some very good stories um, about how just how recent these things were so the folklore collection from 1937 for instance the schools collection there's a fabulous story from Featherden County Tipperary where a gentleman gave a plum pudding to his work his workman and brought it home to his wife and apparently neither of them had ever seen a plum pudding before and it was put down in the pot to boil in the morning and they spent most of the day tasting the water without results so the woman procured a rather strong fork and she started prodding it and about five o'clock in the evening when she got tired and increasingly vexed she took 
took the famous pudding back to the donor, thanking him, but saying that she boiled it all day long <laughs> and couldn't get a taste of soup out of it. Oh, <laughs> my God. So, uh, you know, that's not a story from 1937. So some of these things were actually relatively recent, even at that time. And then, of course, post-World War II, the move from, for instance, from, from, uh, from a goose, for instance, to Turkey, turkey. and the white-breasted turkey mm. that became popular. Why do we have, eat turkey? Where did that come Good from? Good question. And I, I'm not so sure I have a comprehensive answer to that. But, but, um, but I haven't a clue. Has anyone got an idea? No, no but I, I do know, know why we eat. No. I know why we eat. Has anyone ever heard of tofurkey? My sister lives in San Francisco. Okay, all the meat eaters put your hands in your ears because she arrived home from, she's a vegan, and she arrived home with tofurkey, which is tofu, turkey, tofurkey. And it's much nicer than you think. It's stuffed. It looks like turkey and it's a meat alternative and is it in the shape of a turkey no it's not <laughs> they're not i don't that think good. i could eat it if it was no it's just rolled like a little joint interesting christmas I've afternoon heard, i've heard of a turducken i've heard of that oh, that's, Tur- that's a chicken in a that's turkey a in a oh rolled la, in a, la, la. And i don't know it's it's bizarre yeah turducken mm. Wrapped in something yes. else, you'd yeah. know about it. Yeah, bird you stuff instead of bird and another bird. Oh. Yeah, it's an ancient recipe. Bird and a bird. Oh, is it? Yeah, medieval, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just me. I'm talking about medieval. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the recipe. I think dirt birds should bring out their own Christmas ah, version yes. of. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a very good idea. What, the Wine. Bird durkin. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sinead, you're married to this great Dutch man, but I gather that buying the Christmas tree. It can be a bit of a palaver. How did it go this year? Yeah, it went the same as it goes every year. You know, in my head, I don't know if this is the same as everyone else in the panel. We kind of fall for the perfection of it all, don't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, I do. Every year you kind of, somewhere in my head, I thought we were going to go, you know, shopping for this Christmas tree. We'd all be laughing, drinking (laughs) hot chocolate. (laughs) There'd be songs in the background. We'd sort of really appreciate each other as a family. Chestnuts roasting. Yeah, (laughs) and then you go and... It, first of all, it's drizzling. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. there's just no nothing. Snow. And then, of course, my husband has the measuring tape because <laughs> God forbid we would get a tree that is not exactly two meters and forty-two centimeters. And I'm pointing at trees, going, "That one looks lovely." That's as far as it goes. With no me. holes in the, in yeah. the back of it, you like can twist precision. around the front. Yeah. 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 And then you go home, and there's killings over the lights. I don't know if you experience this mm, every single yes. year. It doesn't matter how many times you buy mm. brand new lights for the Christmas yeah, tree. And then my husband does this passive aggressive thing where he blames me and he does it by going somebody has broken the lights somebody and I go well I did and he go no I I didn't say you did but somebody somebody who put the light so then there's killings and then the kids decorate one side of the Christmas tree and they leave out the other side and that's when I start drinking so (laughs) yeah Yeah. and you have to leave the ones that the kids did because they know they put Mm. that stuff there so if you sneakily try to you know, do it all nice and neat around. They know <laughs> all which the ones, ones they made in down. school that are hanging oh, yeah. off yeah. the string. Yeah. 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 yeah, and you're trying to hide them because mm. they're horrendous. Yeah. It's and you're going, I love that. Yeah. And Ruth, Yvonne, and Juliana, the reigns, who cooks in your homes? Juliana? Well, uh, actually, we kind of do both now. So I'm 20 years in Ireland at this stage. So I have brought in a couple of Finnish dishes. Like uh, Finland is, we do have the ham as well in Finland, but we also have these kind of vegetarian casseroles. 
So we'd have like uh, sweet, or is it called turnip? Turnip casserole. Yeah. So boiled yeah. uh, turnip and put Christmas spices in it and into the oven. And same with carrot, like boiled carrot mashed um, into the casserole with spices. And, and then there was a lovely beetroot salad, which no Irish people really ever <laughs> like. Oh, I love that. That sounds gorgeous. <laughs> and then, uh, so, but then now, so my husband is a meat eater and does not eat vet- vegetables. So he does, he does a bit of ham and a bit of venison actually funny enough just to do something a little bit different um, but we kind of have uh, very separated uh, things so I eat my things and he eats his things and the kids will eat mainly the meat yeah 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 as long as it's not in a different room but then he's in one room and I'm in the yeah. other <laughs> eating my Christmas dinner anytime I, I join somebody like my husband's family for Christmas I'll bring my casseroles and my beetroot salad and I'll still end up being the only one <laughs> eating, oh, eating oh, my casserole no. <laughs> they sound lovely Billy no absolutely they sound gorgeous and Ruth in your house we would share it out a little bit Dara Ooh. would do uh, the meat, meaty things and he loves cooking actually a bit like all the other husbands, he yeah. would he would regard himself quite highly in the <laughs> cuisine department. <laughs> but he, no, he is he's, he is quite a good cook actually. Um, and I would do a lot of the veg. Yeah, you would mix, yeah. mix it up really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Yvonne, you and your I great husband Tommy the, Tiernan. Uh, yeah, I do all the cooking. There's there's this idea that's developed our own tradition as a family where <laughs> Isabel does the starter, which is usually prawn cocktail. I mean, I'm really kind of doing most of these things, <laughs> yeah. let's just say. But she will do the prawn cocktail. Theo always helps me make the trifle the night before. And uh, Louis ended up with the Brussels sprouts, which he's not happy about. <laughs> uh, Tommy will peel the potatoes. Does he peel the potatoes? Does he peel the could. potatoes, yes. Does he do that well? Very, very well. Does he compliment himself? Doing it? Does he compliment himself when he's no? But no. when he does cook, he will ask a lot of questions throughout the meal. It is that thing of going. I put a little extra cumin or rosemary in there. Can you taste? Is it nice? Do you like it? Is it good? Yeah. So there'll be is lots of questions. Is that the best one you've ever had? The best one I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and we've a big, huge bunch of Tiernans in our house this Christmas from from New Zealand and Navan and everywhere. So it's great. Oh, it's lovely to have everybody here. That's yeah. so lovely, actually. Yeah. Fabulous. Listen, will we take a reading from you, Salvador, from this wonderful miscellany book? It's a piece, I think, by food historian Regina Sexton, and it's about what was available in posh shops in Ireland in 1827. In 1827, the old established fruit and foreign warehouses on Grafton Street had the following seasonal fruit and specialities on offer for Christmas. Sweet pot oranges sweet raspberry oranges, muscatel raisins, sultanas, new zante currants, new lemons, turkey figs, walnuts, Spanish grapes, Spanish onions, chestnuts, candied oranges and lemons, West India tamarinds, Indian arrowroot, scotch marmalade, brandy fruits and liqueurs and whiskey. Andrews and Company of Dame Street sold luxury hampers at different price points with Limerick hams, mixed Yorkshire game pies, the finest LMA figs, dessert raisins, rahat lakum, or Turkish delight, mixed crystallised fruit, tafelalt dates, Andrew's celebrated mixed tea, Jordan almonds and bottles of imperial French plums. 
Thanks so much, Salvatore. And of course, that reading is from the book Christmas and the Irish and Miscellany, which you have compiled as part of St. Patrick's Pontifical University in Maynooth. Paul, is it right you lived above a chemist when you were growing up? Yeah. And were there traditions on Christmas Day there? Uh, Sidona. There was no (laughs) flagons of Sidona. It was very, uh, you know, elegant. And uh, that's it. There was no blue nun, no... uh, you know, Chianti going around the place. That was it, Sidona. You were going to have a mad one on the Sidona. Yeah. And would, where, first of all, where did you grow up? And did, would your dad, would he have to open the chemist yeah. over Christmas? So I grew up in Dungarvan. Uh, eight of us, eight kids, and a tiny kitchen, actually, you know, but yet we managed. But every Christmas, uh, a chemist used to have to take a rota. And there was five chemists in town at the time. And so we were on that particular Christmas day. So it was all, you're always kind of waiting mm. for an emergency or something to happen. But in the middle, as soon as the Christmas dinner went down that particular year, I remember the doorbell went and, you know, he went, oh, my God, OK, we have to go downstairs and answer this. But what it was, he came up kind of laughing, but not laughing and just <laughs> glad it wasn't himself. This man had gone out on Christmas Eve. He hadn't returned and he was looking for uh, a set for his wife. Uh, when he was going to return about three o'clock on on, on uh, Christmas Day, so he was in big trouble. You remember there oh, used to be God. sets of tweed yeah. and 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 yardly. I mean, we used to have Lavender Christmas that were just con- all this compadre. all this kind of stuff. So he was hoping he's definitely dead now. You know, he was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was murdered that day. On, he, he wasn't even let back into the house. I'd say, but there was a bit of a giggle. Did he have any sets in the in the chemist? Yeah, loads of them. Ah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So he came in. At least he had a plan. But the plan would have been better if he went home the previous night. <laughs> <laughs> Safer. That's so funny. So but you're one of eight. Where did you come on the eight? Last. Oh. I was pampered. The baby. You're spoiled rotten. Yeah, got away with murdered. They didn't even know I was there. Fed me <laughs> butter, and I'm not joking you. Um, are there big difference in traditions? You've mentioned your Dutch husband, Sinead. Yeah. The great husband that you have. But are there very different traditions between Dutch traditions and Irish traditions? Yeah, I don't know if it's the same with Finland, is it? Maybe not. Is it, a, is it Santa Claus? I, I, from what I know, I'm sure I'll get this wrong and annoy Dutch people all over the world. Um, so Santa Claus is Spanish, isn't he? No, uh, Santa Claus is Finnish. Even if they say sometimes he's from North Pole, but he's actually from the Arctic yeah. Circle in Finland. And there's a whole big village of Santa Claus village where they do this big, massive, it's a big tourist destination now. Okay. But people fly there to see the real Santa Claus because yeah. the real Santa Claus is actually from Finland. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus was Saint Nicholas. Yeah. yeah. And Saint Nicholas was a fourth century bishop from, from Spain. Turkey. Oh, what's he from, yeah, from Asia Minor, right? <laughs> he was at a very, uh, a very famous church council in in the year three twenty five, and there was a heretic at it called Arius. And Santa Claus, well, Santa Claus or, or Saint Nicholas, yeah, yeah. actually ended up going up to him and you know giving him a box and almost yeah. knocking him out at the council. But he also, you get this tradition of of Santa Claus or, or Saint Nicholas giving gifts because. In the life of St. Nicholas, he used to, uh, his hagiography, his story, his saint's life, he used to go around to people's houses and drop in gifts of money, bags of money, anonymously, and especially to people who needed it or who might be otherwise out on the streets, he would come anonymously and drop the money either through the window or then, of course, later on it becomes down the chimney. And so so that was attached to his life. And actually, it just occurs to me that his bones... Apparently, are in County Kilkenny. 
don't tell anyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How, why would they have ended up in Kilkenny? Well, you see, you just have to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. there, there, yeah. no, but there is, there, there is, there, there is a, a story and it goes back to the time of the Normans and, and relics of, of, of uh, St. Nicholas. And you know the way relics get transferred mm. or sometimes stolen or robbed, uh, you know, translated as the euphemism, but it's usually stolen from one place and brought to another. Anyway, through a whole lot of uh, different factors, they end up apparently being transported over to Ireland and being deposited in Jerpoint. He's so actually alive in Finland. Uh, ah, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, That's a different one. That's a different one, isn't it? That's the real one. That's the real one. Salvador, I just want to say that my, Shay, you have me starting now with the Dutch. Um, my IQ has shot through the roof since, <laughs> I, sat, since I sat down with you. Okay, I'm going to hang around a professor all the time, only you. <laughs> And there's a sauna tradition on Christmas Day yes. in Finland. What's that? Yeah, so like I feel like I'm always talking about sauna when I'm t- talking about any event in Finland or any of my own little events. But uh, I, so the sauna has become like has always been a big part of really uh, every event. So in Finland, Christmas uh, Eve is the big uh, sauna day. So everybody, your family would go in the nip now, everybody yeah. together into the Christmas sauna and like our children and like if I was going to Finland now. I would go with my parents and with my children and all Irish people think that's bizarre and that's like really strange and you go it start the whole process will start with doing a hole in the ice because the lake is of course frozen and there's wow. lots of snow so you can either cool yourself in the lake in the hole in the ice or else you can roll in the snow or you just <laughs> roll you, in the snow in the nip yeah, really because it with gets so hot when in I the try sauna. and imagine <laughs> oh, no, asking my family to come to a out place to a lake judgment. and all get in their nip together <laughs> and cut a hole in the it would just be <laughs> I know. they would yeah. never do it it's but extraordinary it is so natural and it's so amazing yeah, it's, it's so lovely crazy. it's amazing yeah, yeah, and yeah. also the children will get their first Christmas presents in the sauna as well so on Christmas Eve now my own children where we live in Hedford we have sauna by the lake as well and oh, wow. uh, and so they already now this year they are like i wonder i wonder will the when the santa claus will bring the presents in the sauna now this year as well so you'll get your first present in the sauna and then the santa claus the actual Santa Claus comes with the bag of presents and so it's all nice definitely sorry has Santa Claus got clothes on I'm just <laughs> my mind is I'm just wondering okay. just putting it out lots there clothes, or is it just the beard, beard. a long beard <laughs> and Ruth you're from Tip of course um, you had a very nice family tradition on Christmas Day morning tell me about that where I am, I'm from Clonmel and it's uh, very beautiful and full of forestry around mm. and, and mountains and mm. lakes um, and so my father would bring us all up the mountain after the presents and the breakfast. And we brought, we brought up the mountain to collect holly and with the reddest berries. I just remember this like Aww. beautiful holly and red berries, which I think is kind of hard to find these days. Mm. I, 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 yeah. I've kind of looked around for that and, and it's probably there. Everyone mm. will probably tell me where to get it now. But And we collect lots of hollies. And now I think what it was is he was getting us out from under mam's feet so she could <laughs> cook the lovely dinner and... We'd go home and with a car full of holly. That was it. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Thank you. Yeah, what would you do with memory. all the holly? Hang it. Oh, right. It was ha- hung mm. everywhere, hung on. Yeah, Hit your siblings yeah. with it. Tell the yeah. truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of, it was the traditional almost Christmas decoration in Ireland. If you go back to, you know, yeah. the 1930s, yeah. 40s, you yes. would make sort of chains of holly and hang them outside the door, yeah, almost yeah. like a Christmas wreath. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it would just be made of made of holly. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember just yeah. being hung on side of the pictures and yeah. on mirrors. True, and, yeah. You know, yeah, little yeah. snippets of it, beautiful. You're yeah. a tip man too, of course. So you, I'm, I'm the other. I'm other, the other side. We need a passport. You're to near go money 
Monegal, aren't you? Monegal, up mm. uh, sort of south of North Tip. And Do of course, there'd be a big emphasis, would there, for both of you on the Ran? The Ran? The Ran, yeah, mm. yeah, I remember mm. the Ran, yeah. I remember very much from, from, from mm. uh, childhood, yeah, on Stephen's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was very big. The straw around. hats and the yes. masks. Kind of scary looking, actually, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that's that wider, what they call this mumming tradition yeah. in other parts of the country where you'd have the straw, yeah, those straw hats. Yeah. And, it's still and going strong. And, I know mm, up around yeah. villages outside of Clonmel and everything, you'd still, a lot of people, adults and everything, going out, you know, on the ran or on yeah, the ren. absolutely, yeah. 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 The ran, the ran. Did you yeah. have that in Dungarvan? Don't think that was a bit, but not, not like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody with straw hats. Seven yeah. cowboy yeah. hats. That's about it. That was me. I'm also conscious, I suppose, on Christmas morning, there are many people who've lost people yeah. who are kind of feeling a bit lonely, whatever. I know, Yvonne, Christmas can be tough for families and for your mum, maybe. It brings sad memories as well as happy ones. Yeah, so she was born on the, the 15th of December and uh, nine days later, her father died on Christmas Eve. So she was... the mm a baby mm. um and so she grew up in a house my grandmother probably cried on christmas eve i yeah. think they went to his grave and so my mom you know being a newborn baby she wouldn't have any mm. memory of him Gosh. but she grew up with a, a sense on christmas eve of of sadness Sad. and yeah. loss yeah. and so then she had three girls <laughs> me and Gina paula and so we remember this feeling so there was all the wonder and she worked very hard to make sure it was still lovely and enjoyable for us um but there was always those moments where you'd see her sitting by the fire and that sense of sadness about about her dad and also her mother i suppose yeah Yeah. and it was the year that white christmas um came out so i remember anytime it came on the radio we'd all run to the radio to turn it off in case she'd start crying yeah stop i'm crying listening to just just even as i as i hear you say that because Actually, my own dad was buried on Christmas Eve as well. Right. Just he died the day before Christmas Eve, back two thousand and one. But it it just reminds me of something within again within the Irish tradition. There was this Irish tradition that at at the time of Christmas, anyone who died at the time of Christmas, that heaven's gates were thrown wide open. It was the one time it was almost like oh. all comers could come in. Oh. And there was a lovely phrase in Irish: if someone died around Christmas time. You said of the person, Fursay Quira Nanulog, he received this Christmas invite or invitation. And and all the gates of heaven were left open. It's Mm. it's a lovely Irish Irish tradition at the time. That's a a beautiful way, actually, Mm of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what would you say, Salvador, given where you work in Maynooth, for anyone listening this morning who is feeling a bit sad or lonely or missing a loved one? I think, I, I, I suppose I think there can be an enormous amount of pressure on people around Christmas time mm. to be almost, uh, you know, so happy and yeah. full of the mm. joys of Christmas. And as we all know, I mean, Christmas yeah. can be a lovely time. It can also be a really sad time mm. and a lonely time. And it, it evokes all sorts of memories mm. from our childhoods and our, yeah. our, the security and yeah. family memories. And it can be a really difficult time. And a lot of people will say, you know, quietly, I actually hate it. I just want to get it over yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think maybe maybe it's about understanding where people are at and that, okay, yes, celebrate it, but also understand there are a lot of people who just want to get past it. Yeah. And I suppose mm-hmm. just that sensitivity, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is lovely. Paul, you're nearly one of those. You always say you'd like to go to a hotel rather yeah. than have to cook. Is that because you cook? You're a chef yeah. in the tannery and you, you really 
cook all year round. Yeah, well, it, it kind of is, but then I'd miss home. We're yeah. lucky. We have a big gang come over from, from Zurich. There's 12 of us. One set of granny and granddads are still there, yeah, and they're great. flying. It's amazing. Uh, they nearly do the old uh, dip in the, in, in, in the frozen <laughs> lake thing, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but, no, we're always thankful, and I think it's a really important thing just to remind ourselves every single Christmas that we are lucky, not everybody's so lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we talk about food all the time and it's my job, but I think it's uh, just really important to kind of mm-hmm. step back and remind yourself that not everybody has what we have. Yeah, yeah. which is lovely. What about movies and songs? Yeah. Any favourites? I love The Holiday. Do you remember The Holiday? Yeah. The Holiday. It's back on Netflix with Jude Cameron Diaz, mm. Diaz and... Yeah, I love that. It's just such a silly, girly mm, movie, it's a lovely isn't it? One. And I just, love it. Uh, happy and Jack Black's brilliant in it. I love that movie. I yeah. always feel like the first time I hear Driving Home for Christmas. Mm. Ah, yeah. 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 That something happens. That's like the beginning of Christmas, really, for me, when I hear that song. And I love Winter's Tale as well, David Essex. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's beautiful. Really lovely. Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Oh, yeah. And Little last Christmas. Boy. Oh. Last Christmas. Mm. There's loads Last of them. Christmas. Did you and see that Andrew Ridgely documentary that was yeah. out? Yeah, and he was saying yeah. they were all really drunk making oh, that yeah. video. During the video, <laughs> yeah. 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 They kind of look good, actually. And actually, yeah, I mean, aside <laughs> from the really bad hair, they're um, <laughs> falling over fences and everything, and you yeah. think it's staged, and now you're going, oh. Wow. And George Michael died yeah. on Christmas morning. Yes, ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. do you remember yeah. that? Oh, he did, of course, seven mm. years ago now, mm. I think it was. And yeah. I, imagine, I imagine, too, I suppose... Fairy tale of New York will take on an added poignancy yeah. this year in light yeah. of uh, yeah. uh, of losing Shane. It's such, I suppose it's it's become such an iconic Christmas yeah. Christmas piece. And of course, before I let you all go, for many people listening, Christmas is still a very important moment in their lives, especially if they have a faith. As someone here from Maynooth, Salvador, is it an important day for you because of your faith? It is. I mean, I I I love Christmas, but. To be honest, I actually like the lead up to Christmas. There's a there's a religious season called Advent, which is the sort of the mm, season yeah. of preparation. And I actually prefer Advent. I like that idea of expectation, waiting yeah. for something to happen. But I would say I think that for people, whether you have faith or whether you don't have faith, many, many friends that I have who, who are atheists, for instance, still love going to Christmas carol services, love all of the values that that come across through Christmas, whether it be the value of togetherness, being with people, your loved ones, the value of giving, generosity, having an eye to those who are less fortunate than ourselves. There are all those values there that are connected with Christmas. So I think that Christmas transcends uh, any one particular faith. I think it's more universal than that and it, it really is for everybody yeah that's lovely, that's lovely yeah. I'm finally looking forward to New Year you're in Galway Yvonne do you love New Year yes we we always go out to in Inishir Inishir as the yeah. islanders would call it so we've started this new family tradition we've a little old cottage out there and we head out and spend New Year's Eve on the island and you open the doors at midnight and you can hear everybody cheering the people out oh. from the hotel and the B&Bs mm. and it's wonderful and then you look across and you can see all the lights on Galway yeah. it's yeah. an extraordinary place to wake up on New Year's Day and to start Gorgeous. the year yeah it's really Gorgeous. lovely that sounds amazing. Well, look, thank you to you all. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Thank Paul you Flynn, Salvador Ryan, Sinead Colbert and the Reigns. Time to get another song from you guys. Get yourselves back over there. This is White Winter Hymnal, the Fleet Foxes song. I was 
was following the I was following I was following the I was following I was following the pack I swallowed in the coats with scars of red tied round their throats Oh, I love that. That was the Rains and White Winter Hymnal. Now, earlier this year, I interviewed Father Sean Doherty about joining the priesthood late in life after his successful career as a presenter on Highland Radio. Well, I asked Father Sean to contribute to the programme today and he's chosen one of his favourite poems. This is A Christmas Childhood by Patrick Kavanagh. One side of the potato pits was white with frost. How wonderful that was. How wonderful. And when we put our ears to the paling post, the music that came out was magical. The light between the ricks of hay and straw was a hole in heaven's gable. An apple tree with its December glinting fruit. We saw, oh you Eve, with a world that tempted me to eat the knowledge that grew in clay and death the germ within it. Now and then I can remember something of the gay garden that was childhood's. Again, the tracks of cattle to a drinking place, a green stone lying sideways in a ditch, or any common sight, the transfigured face of a beauty that the world did not touch. My father played the melodeon outside at our gate. There were stars in the morning east and they danced to his music. Across the wild bogs his melodian called to Lennons and Callans. As I pulled on my trousers in a hurry, I knew some strange thing had happened. Outside in the cowhouse, my mother made the music of milking. The light of her stable lamp was a star, and the frost of Bethlehem made it twinkle. A water hen screeched in the bog, mass-going feet crunched the wafer ice on the potholes. Somebody wistfully twisted the bellows wheel. My child poet picked out the letters on the grey stone. In silver the wonder of a Christmas townland, the winking glitter of a frosty dawn. Cassiopeia was over Cassidy's hanging hill. I looked and three wind bushes rode across the horizon, the three wise kings. An old man passing said, can't he make it talk, the melodian? I hid in the doorway and tightened the belt of my box-pleated coat. I nicked six nicks on the doorpost with my penknife's big blade. There was a little one for cutting tobacco and I was six Christmases of age. My father played the melodeon, my mother milked the cows, and I had a prayer like a white rose pinned on the Virgin Mary's blouse. Father Sean Doherty there. Now Dublin Band and Tuanua, they're on the road for 40 years and they were here in Studio 8 for a session very recently and while they were in, we asked them what Christmas song they might like to play and there was one obvious choice. This is in Tuanua with Slade's Merry Christmas Everybody.
Into and new there with that great song, Merry Christmas, Everybody. Earlier this year, I also interviewed singer Midge Yore, and he told me about the genesis of one of the most popular Christmas songs ever. Here he is telling me about Do They Know It's Christmas. I'd known Bob uh, since I moved to London to join the Rich Kids, and uh, the, the Rats were doing the, the circuit. And, uh, and at the time, the Rich Kids and the Rats were, were mooted to be the, the two of the new wave bands that would probably break America. Neither was true, of course. <laughs> uh, so when we would come and play in Ireland, uh, Bob would pop along, you know, he wouldn't go too far. He'd, if we were playing, you know, Black Rock, he'd come, <laughs> he'd come out the door and come and see us. Um, and, and we'd see the, the rats playing and whatever. So we knew each other. And, of course, everyone knew Bob through Paula, because Paula wrote for... Yeah. Paula Yates wrote for uh, Record Mirror and she was interviewing all the bands. Everyone knew Paula. And we just became friends. And uh, and I was chatting to Paula, who was hugely pregnant, when the phone rang, the old Bakelite phone. And it was Bob talking to Paula. And I heard him saying, who's there? <laughs> and she said, oh, it's Midge. We're just having a chat. He said, that, that, get, put them on, stick them on. <laughs> so... Um, so he told me about what he'd just seen on television, which was the Michael Burke footage, the first footage that was shown about the famine in Ethiopia. And uh, he said, look, the rats aren't in a position to do anything. I want to do something. Will you help? And I hadn't seen the footage at this point. And, of course, you just say yes. Nobody says no to Paul. <laughs> and we met up a couple of days later, at which point we'd all seen the footage, you know, were inundated with it. It was big news. And we talked for a couple of hours about what we might be able to do to raise some money to alleviate some of the misery there. And finally came to the, the ultimate conclusion that we're not good at anything other than maybe writing a song. So we thought if we wrote a Christmas song and got a Christmas number one by Hooker by Crook, and that was at a time when, you know, Auntie Mary would buy Wee Jimmy a, 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 mm. a, whatever's number one for Christmas. And I went home from that meeting and sat with a sat with a little toy keyboard and came up with a da 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 thing. Sent it to Bob, who hated it, and then he came <laughs> over to mine the next day with a with a half baked song that I it transpires that the Boomtown Rats was thought it was so bad they turned it down, <laughs> <laughs> and and that was the bones of Christmas time. No, you'd be afraid, you know, and uh, and I had just built a studio, so I I started knocking this thing together and played all the instruments on it while Bob bludgeoned all our mates to come along and add their strength and their fan base, which was incredibly important, uh, to the project. Uh, and lo and behold, we ended up with this this record. And it's extraordinary. I mean, do you remember much, Midge, from that day? I think it was November the 25th, 1984. Everyone from Wham, Culture Club, Spandau Ballet, you 2 all in this studio in Notting Hill recording this song you and Bob had written. Do you remember much about that day? Yes, it, it was incredibly good-hearted, uh, good-willed. Uh, a lot of artists that probably wouldn't have been seen in the same room were in there chatting away with each other. Uh, odd combinations like, you know, Bananarama having a right good chat with Bono. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was good-hearted and it was good-natured because uh, everyone knew why they were there. And I remember distinctly at the end of the day, once we'd got all the vocals and things done, all the choral vocals and, and everyone's solo parts, and I had to mix the record because it had to be in the pressing plants by 8 o'clock the next morning. And I remember... The, the creme de la creme of the UK and, and Irish music industry all sitting there and I had to throw them out and, and they didn't want to leave because they were having a good time and they had nowhere to go. I'm thinking, you're all multi-millionaires. Get, get out and go and enjoy yourselves. We're going to be stuck here all night. So we had to kick them out and then carry on 
trying to mix the record because it had to be complete. And the, the big memory for me was at the end of the entire process, Bob took a cassette and jumped in a taxi and went to Radio 1. And I jumped in my car to drive home and I had the radio on. And as I'm driving home, very, very tired and very emotional, I hear Bob enter the studio at Radio 1 and they, they talk about it and then they, they put the cassette on, which they never, ever did. Nobody ever played a cassette on the radio, on national radio. And the moment it was finished, they rewound it and they played it again. And I thought, I thought that's something, something magnificent's going on here, something massive is happening. That was the great mid-year, of course. And just before we listen to the song, I want to say thanks to all my guests today, Paul Flynn, Sinead Colbert, Salvador Ryan and The Reigns. Today's programme was produced by Deirdre Neeline, Elaine Conlon was our broadcast coordinator and Kieran Cullen was on sound. Nolly Conna de Gok Eng Din Ogwev, Togigi Aradiv This is Do They Know It's Christmas by Bandaid. Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in light And we banish it And in our world Of plenty We can spread a smile of joy Oh, your arms around the world At Christmas time Do They Know It's Christmas, ending this morning's episode of Christmas with Miriam.